Welcome back to the Brother Trucker Book Club podcast. I'm your host, Graham Bradley. This is episode 22, A Wizard Named Harry. We're going to talk about some fantasy, specifically of the urban variety. And if we're talking urban fantasy, we are, of course, talking about Jim Butcher. Let's delve into his flagship series, The Dresden Files. Ready and... Urban fantasy is a genre that, as the name suggests, blends urban elements with fantasy elements. And the, probably the most successful series uh, in, in English in the urban fantasy genre is by Jim Butcher called The Dresden Files. It is second only to a separate wizard series about a guy named Harry, but you've probably all read that one. Harry Dresden is a wizard who lives in Chicago, not the robes and hat and long beard wizard. He does wear a trench coat, and on the covers of the books, they always have him wearing a hat, but uh, that's kind of a running joke in the books that themselves that at one point he mentions, like, I don't actually wear a hat or something like that. Um, but he walks around with a staff. It's got runes carved on it. He uses that in lieu of a wand. And uh, the urban element of it is that he lives in an apartment, he has an office, and he runs a private investigation business. Sometimes he works alongside the Special Investigations Department of the Chicago PD, which I believe is a fictional department. But he's got a friend there who, uh, every time that she runs into a case that she can't explain with conventional policing messages, she calls up Harry Dresden, brings him in to consult, and if there's magic involved in the foul play, then uh, Harry has to roll up his sleeves and go to work. Uh, It being Chicago and it being urban, there are other elements that play into it, like organized crime. There's a crime boss there, Gentleman John Marcone. Uh, He also has a couple of running gags where uh, he talks about having to team up. And this is obviously back before the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2017, but investigating a magical curse on Wrigley Field and why the Cubs can't win the World Series. You know, that's... That right there is a staple of urban fantasy, the fact that it takes all of the very realistic things in our own world and gives a fantasy explanation to some of them or shows how these things could exist and why we just wouldn't know about it. One of my favorite scenes in this series is in, I believe, book seven, where Harry has to sit down and have a discussion with a character, a normie, a human, who ended up you know, seeing evidence of vampires and this guy was a mortician and he had to submit a a mortician's report that ended up getting him demoted, but he still told the truth and said, you know, Hey, I found these burned bodies that weren't completely human. I don't know how to explain it. And, uh, Jim Butcher by way of Harry Dresden, his main character, you know, explains using real world statistics, how these supernatural predators could very well exist in our world and we really wouldn't want to know about it there are some some things that are true that people just don't want to know and that is where uh, butcher really makes his mark in terms of solidifying the urban side and the fantasy side together uh, so that's the the main gimmick of this series is just that at, at least at first the series is kind of divided into two legs we'll talk about that in a minute but the first 11 books of this series are very episodic they are connected and you got to take them in order but kind of like an Agatha Christie novel with Hercule Poirot, uh, he's got to deal with a unique case, and it usually introduces some new element of the magical underworld. And I've got the list open on Amazon right in front of me. Let's go through those real quick and talk about what they are. Book one is Stormfront. Harry has to deal with an amateur practitioner of black magic who is using energy from storms to kill people. Uh, Full Moon, that's one where Harry runs into a whole bunch of different types of werewolves explains like what they are and why they're different how their powers work 
Grave Peril is, I believe they're dealing with the ghost of a demon that Harry kills kind of between book two and book three. Book three is the aftermath of that. Uh, book four, Summer Night, Night with a K. Uh, that's where they bring in the Summer Court of Fairy. Um, the Fae play pretty prominently into this entire series, especially when that second leg kicks up. Uh, Death Masks, that one I actually don't remember a whole lot about, and I have read all of these. This is one where kind of the titles start to run together, so if I were to read the individual book description, um, this one is where he gets into a wizarding duel with somebody, The Missing Shroud of Turin. Oh, I remember that. Again, urban elements, real-world elements. Uh, the, the Shroud of Turin, he talks about how you know religious faith that people have in an object can be you know a, a form of magic, that it can... Uh, in endow an object with power you know the fact that so many people believe in the shroud of turin is what gives it you know a, a bit of magic on the urban fantasy side of things i remember that one now blood rights rights r-i-t-e-s that was one where uh let me think leaf walking plant monster women keep dying yeah uh, I really need to go through and reread this series. Deadbeat, number seven. This one was awesome. I wanted to reread it last year for Halloween because I try to find some kind of, uh, you know, sh- stretch of scary books to read during October for obvious reasons. Uh, I went to go check out the audio of this one from my library, and this was the only book that they didn't have on audio. I ended up having to use an Audible credit to get it. But this is where there is a rogue necromancer running around Chicago. And this has, oh my gosh, I'm so tempted to spoil it, but I really don't want it to give it away. But this has one of my all-time favorite scenes in the entire series in it. Just understand, let me, let me put these two together for you. The necromancer uses magic where he can reanimate corpses, and the longer they have been dead, the stronger the magical hold there is on them. Now, keep that in mind. Let me also tell you that in the real world, Chicago has a museum with a paleontology department that has one of the most complete Tyrannosaurus skeletons in the world. They call it Sue. Just understand that those two elements are out there. One of them is real. One of them uh, Jim Butcher had to make up. He combines them for this book. And the way that it all comes together in Act 3, I was just jumping up and pimp-fusting. Fist-pumping. That Wow, amazing. I can't talk today because of how just just wildly entertaining it was. Uh, proven guilty that's one where there's again there's um there's a kind of a recurring theme in this of underage or amateur practitioners of magic that stumble across like magic books or sources of it and start fiddling around with it not knowing that there is also a magical government out there that punishes people that abuse magic and uh, i think this is the one where a friend of his has a daughter who messes around with magic and uh, ends up getting in trouble um there's also an ongoing war with uh, different courts of vampires that kicks up in book three and, and pops its head up throughout the next several books. Uh, White Knight, Knight with not a K. Uh, somebody's out putting hits on uh, members of the supernatural underclass in, in Chicago. Harry's got to do something about that. Small Favor, that's another one. Uh, what was the next one that comes in? Harry eventually becomes uh, a member of this White Council, the the wizards that kind of govern things. Turncoat, um, that's one where I think a a guy who was kind of the bounty hunter and warden of the White Court, uh, the guy who's always hated Harry, ends up having to come to him for help because he gets kind of magically framed for something. This is all the first leg, like I said, of the series. 
And then right at book 12, Jim Butcher just cuts the legs out from under Harry Dresden and everything changes. And that is why he, you know, he even called this book changes. I mean, every, every chapter is just a, a gut punch. Harry loses everything that he's had, every support system, every possession of his, um, friendships are strained. Uh, a, a bomb is dropped in his lap from, uh, events leading all the way back to book three. Butcher does a really good job of having a long vision for this series. I've been told that there's supposed to be, you know, 20, 22, 23 books in the series eventually. Right now there are 15. And after book 11, the whole urban fantasy angle of it kind of stops and it becomes more of a full-on fantasy as more of these power players step in, like Vampire Courts, uh, the Fae, and even we're talking kind of like Lovecraftian things pop up from, you know, the edge of the cosmos that can make all kinds of nasty stuff happen. As a result, Harry has to level up. He has to uh, kind of, what's the word that I'm looking for? Put himself in the graces of other powers that make him stronger, but really make it hard for him to still be part of the urban world and not the the whole fantasy world outright. Um, I could spend an entire episode here talking about what that all is and how that all works, but I really think that it's worth your time to read the series, especially if you haven't tried urban fantasy yet, because this is, you know, the reason why this one is so successful is because it's so entertaining and it, and it works really well on a whole bunch of levels. Content warning on this one. Uh, there tends to be at least one F bomb per book. There's, you know, other bits of language you know, smattered out through throughout the whole run of, of novels. Uh, sensuality is also a pretty common factor. I think there was even one scene in book three where when I was listening to the audio, I just kind of skipped ahead five minutes because, um, it was really seeming like it was going to be in the room, uh, between Harry and another character. Uh, especially also later on when the Fae come in, they tend to use sensuality a lot, especially when they're trying to, uh, distract Harry or compromise his powers, things like that. Uh, Harry does have a code of chivalry, even if it uh, you know, does allow for uh, extramarital relations. Uh, you know, some people have different definitions of chivalry, I guess. But uh, for the most part, like he, he's got a code. He's got a philosophy that is um, you know, easily supportable. It's the kind of thing that you would want to root for. He's, he is a hero in, in every sense of it. You know, he, he stands up for the powerless. He doesn't like bullies. He's kind of like a, a magical Captain America who... Uh, his his weakness is women, and you know Butcher illustrates that really well, and and Dresden knows that it is, and he tries to to be very careful about you know who who he lets influence him in that way. Um, it's still a very good series after the the fantasy shift comes over, but one of the common complaints among fans and readers like myself is that several years now are going by between every installment in the series. The last one was called Skin Game. It was a heist novel. It came out in 2015. The next title has been announced for about the last two years and still hasn't been released. There aren't really any uh, dates announced for when it's going to be done. And Butcher has started up a couple of other series on the sides like um, the the Cinder Spires, I believe it is. It's a steampunk series. So he's got a couple of things going on and uh, it's just taking a little bit longer for the story to to go but if you wanted to try the first 10 or 11 or or even the first you know three or four just to get a feel for it and to to get familiar with the characters in the world very entertaining read Uh, so that's it for this week thank you all for listening uh things kind of picked up after last week last week was a little bit slow uh, I'm going to try to stick to a model going forward where if I review a nonfiction book, I only do like 
one or two a week where I, I don't have a nonfiction in every episode. I feel like I kind of went that way for a while. Maybe it's just in my head. But I'm going to try to keep finding entertaining stuff for you. I hope you like it. In the meantime, drive safe. I will see you out there.